You know the old saying, you never get a second chance to make a first impression? That phrase is incredibly true in our business. In entertainment, your first impression can mean everything. It can mean the difference of booking a job or not booking a job, having an audition or not having an audition. That first impression can get you in the door and make things happen. And for an actor, that first impression is the headshot. First and foremost, casting directors, producers, they're going to see your headshot and they're going to make decisions about whether or not you get seen based on that one image. So it's incredibly important to make that image an investment in your future. And to do that, you want to find the right photographer, someone who's going to work with you to craft the perfect image, the perfect first impression. And I suggest you check out portraitsbypeggy.com. Peggy's been doing photography since the 80s, and she really knows her stuff. And she wants to work with you to craft the perfect captured image, the one that captures the uniqueness of you and helps you book the job. She wants to work with you. She wants to really get into who you are, what sort of jobs you're trying to book, and help you get the perfect image. So check out PortraitsByPeggy.com and book your portfolio session today. It's Sunday. Welcome to The Intellectual on a Sunday. Uh, Very rare that we put episodes out on the weekend, but... um Things have been kind of crazy um, in the midst of prepping a new film that we're shooting this coming weekend, uh, something that uh, we've been working with Jeff Zook, and it's occupied a lot of my time and then been doing a lot of training and whatnot for uh, this AV company that I do work for, and I'm going to be leaving in like a week and a half for a six-week run uh, in Texas and Louisiana, uh, where I'll be working, and Ah, just the time got away from me. Next thing I know, it's a Sunday. It's Sunday. Sunday in San Diego. Uh, Before we get into today's episode, I I would like to take a moment to commend KPBS, uh, Film Consortium San Diego, and everybody involved in GI Film Festival uh, San Diego. It's been wonderful. Um, I had the pleasure of seeing uh, one of the feature films that they they brought in, which was uh, Thank You for Your Service, starring Miles Teller, and it's a wonderful film about PTSD, and I strongly recommend that you check it out when it uh, hits theaters. The um, GI Film Festival San Diego, I think, is a really cool festival, and uh, if you've not been to it, uh, make sure you check out GIFilmFestivalSD.org. Uh, see everything they're all about. And make sure that you come out and support the GI Film Festival next year. Um, and if you're a, a veteran or active service member here in San Diego and um, you got a story to tell, boy, I tell you what, that's a great venue to have screen your, your story. So make sure you're checking that out. Um, in addition to just a you know, good opening night, um, I attended the local film showcase yesterday, which included a, a film that I worked on called Forgotten Hero, written and directed by uh, Mark Viscara and uh, produced by C.J. Mikado. And it's, um, it's a wonderful film. It was a great chance to get to see it on the big screen. Um, a lot of my friends and colleagues are in it. Uh, shout out to Steve Froelich and Mark Atkinson, who are both in the film. Uh, Jeff Zook is in it as well. And, um, you know, everybody involved did just a wonderful job on that movie. 
but um, yesterday I think was the first time that a lot of people got to see it, so it was it was fun to sit in the theater and, and get to enjoy that with so many people who worked on that movie, um, just just really well done, and also screening in that same time frame uh, was Once Guilty, Now Innocent, Still Dead, also from Mark Viscara, it's a beautiful western, and um, it came home with three awards last night, including Best Narrative Short, Best Film Made by a Veteran or Service Member, and also Best Actor for Larry Poole, so huge congratulations to, to everybody involved in Once Guilty, Now Innocent, Still Dead. Uh, but especially, you know, a very warm uh, congratulations to my frequent collaborator on a lot of projects these days, Mr. Larry Poole. Now we're going to get into the episode. This is with an actress who also appeared in the screening yesterday at the GI Film Festival, the very talented, beautiful Letizia Baker, who was in Susan Davis's Black Christmas. It was, it was fun sitting and chatting with her and getting to know her a little bit better. So this is the 203rd episode of the Intellectual Podcast with Letizia Baker. Talk hard and enjoy the mindgasm. The Intellectual Podcast starts now. It's never, it's never cheesy to tell me that you're happy to be here. Like, <laughs> okay. That's your mic on the, uh, on the deal right there in front of you. Yeah, it'll just, take me out from here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, so just to, you know, make sure you hold it and point it towards your mouth. So have to make eye contact. <laughs> no, no, uh, no. We can we can do the whole thing like this. Uh, can I look at Yoda when I answer? Mm, yes, absolutely, you can. Hi, Yoda. You're so comforting. <laughs> I got Yoda there, and we got Groot up there. In the little. That's not a gremlin gizmo. No, no it's just a little monkey. Just I used to monkey. have a gizmo. Why? Um, let's see what else. We got R2-D2, R2-D2 over there. You can talk to him. Uh, there's it's a bunch of elephants and a penguin and a swan duck with a soccer ball. And Disney mouth. ears galore. Um, you know, all right, I'm comfortable. There's all sorts of pop <laughs> figures on that shelf right there. Like You, you can talk to Captain America if you want. So uh, you know. <laughs> Star Trek. Our living room... Uh, it looks like it's a kid's room, but it's it's mostly Teresa and my stuff. Nice. Have we started? We're giant kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah oh, we're... cool. <laughs> nice. See, nice. It's, it's easier to just ease you in like that, right? Oh, like, you, you tricked me. You must be a director. <laughs> you know, you know about psychology. and <laughs> A little bit, you know. Well, I hear that the best directors are just tricky like that. You know, like, and will surprise you with, like, you know, I heard about a scene um, of, a, of a film where the director was like, okay, when she says that line, scream. And then, you know, and that was surprising to the actress. And, yeah. yeah so, it's you a, guys it's are a, tricky. <laughs> it's, well, it's a delicate balance. If you're, if you're a good director, it's a delicate balance between um, providing a safe space, but also creating moments of surprise. You know, and Definitely. sometimes moments of surprise don't feel so safe. You know, so it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a tough tightrope to to walk down. You know, and and every actor is a little different. Some actors are a bit more reserved and take more work to get out of the shell, and other right. actors show up and they're just like so big. You got to like bring them oh back my down. Gosh, I wonder where I land. Because you know. <laughs> like, well, we haven't uh, we haven't had the chance to work together yet, so like, I, know. I don't know. <laughs> I know. 
I know. But even as an interviewee, <laughs> I'm going to say words that I'm not even sure exist in the English language or vocabulary. Well, it won't be the first time on the show. So, so. I'm going to be like, you know, yeah, I'm going to be asking myself, does that word actually exist? You know? So, um, I, I've like we've known each other for a couple of years now. Yeah, um, two. bouncing bouncing around the film consortium and right. everything else that's going on. Um, but I really don't know like a whole lot about you. So you know, I guess the first question I'm going to ask, just like a basic getting to know somebody question, like okay. where are you from? Hello, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Leticia Baker, and uh, and I was not born a baker. I was born in Tijuana, and. Um, my mom, who uh, grew up in Mexico City and in Jalisco, and, you know, they just, they moved to Tijuana, they landed in Tijuana, and um, there's so many ways of saying Tijuana, by the way, there's like Tijuana and Tijuana and Tijuana, so you'll hear a variety of Tijuanas throughout my story. My sister's constantly giving me grief because I call it Tijuana. She's like, it's not Tijuana. There's no, there's no extra I or A or yeah. whatever the hell that letter is you're sticking in there. Yeah, I'm like, exactly. I know. And then I am, I'm no, half white, damn it. And there's no Juana. It's Juana, Tijuana, yeah, Tijuana. You know, so like, no Tijuana. It's not like you wanna. So anyway, um, I'm from Tijuana and it's, uh, the happiest place on earth, according to the Simpsons. <laughs> So were you were born in Tijuana? I was born in, and raised. And raised. Um, I moved to the States when I was about 18. Because okay. I got a grant to go study to um, over at American Academy of Dramatic Arts. And uh, I took the New... Not the New York, the LA um, campus. And um, yeah, it was an, an audition-based grant. Nice. And that was just like one of my proudest moments because I feel like, well, as an actor, you know, we go through a lot of uh, feelings about auditioning. Mm -hmm. And I'm very proud of that audition because I know, I, you know, I know that I earned that grant really very well. And uh, gee, I wish I could remember what piece I did, but it was like Greek and intense and <laughs> <laughs> passionate and dramatic and a monologue you know mm -hmm. of all things and the dean was there and and uh and right the next day i got the you got the grant you know well letter, not letter so but notice yeah. let me take it back just a little bit so yeah growing up in tijuana mm -hmm. what what inspired you to get into acting and and what was the what was your educational background like growing up there Oh my was gosh. it encouraging of the arts or was that just something you found on your own? Oh my gosh. I hope that this is not the longest answer ever, but yes, I have always been in the arts in some way mm -hmm. because, um, so I remember <laughs> in, in preschool there, it was Halloween. And so they hired some witches to go and like, you know, entertain us. Mm -hmm. And I still remember the face of the witch of one of them. Yeah. Getting close to me and feeling that thrill, you know, that like, oh my God, what is she doing? I want to do it too, you know? And, and she was just acting, you know, she's right. probably, she was probably a local actor and, uh, and I'll never forget that. That was kindergarten. Wow. And so I was like four or five and I've always, 
uh, let me see. So my mom put me in ballet when I was about six years old, mm-hmm. five or six. Let me think, six. And I did seven years of ballet at the most intense and professional ballet school in Tijuana, run by the most, um, it's run by the most passionate of artists that I've ever met. Like, she's just like, this lady taught me flamenco and it was in the flamenco art that I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so, like, you're just a kid, right? Like Mm -hmm. six years old, but you love that passion and you're, it has nothing to do with the adult kind of passion. It just has to do with, creative uh creating by like almost like a presentational passion like i am presenting it to you with my hands and with my posture and with my moves how i feel well i think as children so, that's what we do right like we throw ourselves into everything when we're yeah. a kid like our entire being is about that particular task that we're yeah. we're doing if we're on a if we're on a trampoline at age six we're the best trampoliner in the world, right? Like we're going to jump higher. We're yeah. going to, you know, there's no fear. You just go at it. And I think children recognize that when they see it in an adult who who's just engrossed fully and passionate about the thing that they're working on. Yeah. And they're so um, committed. Mm-hmm. You know, what you're talking about is like commitment, like yeah. go into it fully, yeah. fully committed. And so I was, I knew I didn't have the physique to be a ballerina because, you know, aside from being a little, you know, thicker than, okay, everybody, I swear, everybody was so skinny and I was not. <laughs> and, but I had a lot of flexibility and grace. And that's what the, uh, the principal told my mom, like, please put her on a diet. And I was like eight years old. And that Yikes. was, yeah, yeah, it was, it was tough, but she's like, she's so gifted. Please like, you know, she's got to watch her whatever intake. And I love cheese and chocolate, of course, you know, and uh, I still do. <laughs> um, and I just, that was harsh because I loved ballet, but I knew it wasn't going to be, you know, like in my dreams, I do ballet. <laughs> you right, know what I mean? Like, because right. I know, like, I think I know what it feels like to do what they're doing, mm-hmm. you know, in my head. It's like, you know, if I ever do a virtual reality thing, I would love to, you know, go through that. So, um, yeah, anyway, um, so I was in ballet and diets didn't work because, you know, grandparents, <laughs> grandparents will never listen to right. the parents. You know? This and makes her happy. I'm going to make her happy. Absolutely. I'm a grandparent. It's oh my, my gosh. right. right? <laughs> you know, just, I, I loved, like every kid, like your nephew, you know, love candy and cheese and everything. So, um, so no, my nephew's just, the weird kid who doesn't like that. That's stuff. <laughs> true. He doesn't like chocolate or tacos. And I'm just like, what? Or cake. He's never had a piece of birthday cake. No, that can't be. <laughs> he cries if you try to make him eat it. Oh, he my just gosh. refuses to eat that stuff. It's hilarious. So I just uh, I just focused on the, in ballet, I just focused on the theatrics of it. Mm-hmm. You know, on the, okay, you girls over here are flowers. And, you know, you're going to do these moves, but you're flowers. So I would focus more on... Oh my gosh, I'm a flower. <laughs> you know, it was exciting to be flower number two or whatever. I didn't care. I was just, I just knew I was creating and I was using my imagination. Um, I had an invisible friend. I still do. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't. My invisible anymore, friend but... was named Jojo. Oh, okay. And he was my friend oh. in Idaho. 
and he was from Tucson, Arizona. Oh my gosh, he had and like a birth. I had to yeah. I had to get well into my college years before I realized that Jojo came from a Beatles song. Oh my gosh, yes. Um Oh my gosh, I'm a huge fan, so I so it's either come together. Yep. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you everybody. Okay. Um, it's come together, of course. Um, I'm getting my kid into the Beatles. Let's yeah, get back, actually. But yeah, get back! Yeah. <gasps> Darn it! <laughs> but, it was one uh, of those. But, oh my god, it was, it was so funny because I, I listened to the, the, those songs all through growing up, yeah. and it just never like clicked with me. One day after I'd moved away from home, Jones you know, I'm, I'm in Texas for college and I'm listening to the Beatles in the car and I went, holy shit. That's where Jojo came from. <laughs> like two years old. That's where mine, Jojo came from. I, mine was I obvious. I built him up out around a music song. Because uh, Pedro was from Heidi. Um, Peter, I guess, is the mm-hmm. American version. But we had Heidi cartoons um, or Haiti. Heidi, right. Um, Heidi in Espanol. <laughs> so <Right. laughs> Heidi in English. Um we would watch that and I was incredibly close to my grandfather. So that whole, you know, Heidi world or Haiti world um, was us. It was my grandfather and Pedro was my best friend and we had a dog and, you know, and my grandfather was like my first co-star. Like he just, he was like my best friend, really, no, you know, beautiful. like greatest, greatest guy. Um, just so encouraging uh, about like my creativity and we created like a song together that is just our song you know mm-hmm. and and there's no lyrics it's kind of like almost a bad word <laughs> so it's chingiri ching 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 and like a repetition of that and it's got a <laughs> melody and it's almost saying like a bad word because yeah, ching yeah. you know what I don't know if I can curse on this show oh, yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> so like yeah, he wanted a curse in front of me, and he just came up with that. Probably, I don't know. <laughs> but every every day we would sing that song. He would put me on my stage, which was which is the dining room table, you know. And we would sing it out loud, and at the end we cheer each other like we just like killed it, you know. Oh, that's amazing. And um, yeah, and then he would play with me, you know, just like. I guess looking back, people can, you know, my aunt says, oh, my God, it was obvious that you wanted to tell stories, that you wanted to create stories. But all kids do, you know. And so I didn't think I was unique or anything. And then um, and ballet ended after like seven years because I have a uh, two flat feet. So mm. you can't move on to the next level to point, to be right. on the point, right. um, pointy shoes. And... I just finally decided, you know, I told my mom, well, it's a little too painful to be there, you know, with my colleagues who can, and I just can't, (laughs) you know, for medical reasons. And um, so, yeah, ballet was there, and my mom, turns out, had always wanted to be a singer. So around that time, uh, she remarried. So it's really interesting, like, both my dads are considered legends, like my biological father uh, was given a like legend certificate from the U.S. Congress for starting music in Mexico, like rock music. Let me clarify. It says the U.S. Congress acknowledges um, these people as legends for starting 
the rock sound in Mexico. So they're thinking that the rock sound in Mexico started in Tijuana. Hmm. So my dad, my biological father, has one, and so does my stepdad, who raised me. Oh, wow. So it was just, like, really interesting. My mom married two legends. and <laughs> um, She had a type, apparently. <laughs> she had a type. <laughs> Pretty high bar from the sound um, of it, too. <laughs> so she wanted to be a singer, and she made it possible, and they made a living off singing, which is really hard to do. Mm-hmm. To be solely, you know, a musician. and yeah, My mom was a singer. So I, you've told me that and I know, I know how hard it was for her. It is. It's really hard to just be a musician, Mm -hmm. to make a living as just an artist. I mean, tell us about it, right? Mm, right. Yeah. Tell me about it. And somehow we still followed suit, right? (laughs) Yeah. We follow suit and we survive and we manage, we find a way, you know, um, so yeah. So that's kind of like my childhood. It was ballet and, um, dreaming about movies like being on movie sets not watching films but i would have a lot of dreams about being on a movie set and um and i love fantastical stuff like labyrinth and never ending story and you know those were my that was my genre growing up yeah i loved those movies when i was a kid my sisters and i watched those on endless loops nice we wore the vhs tapes out you know and you just like so that's what i dreamed about it was about being on the set Mm -hmm. doing that so i saw like goats and unicorns and (laughs) um that was the world i wanted to be in yeah you know? I remember HBO used to play these like behind the scenes movies for like uh, the Dark Crystal and Labyrinth. Like the Jim Henson Company Bowie. made these like great behind the scenes movies, <laughs> oh and I just ate those up when they came out. And that was kind of the start for me oh. in a lot of ways of my kind of fascination with the art of making film. George Lucas too. He made a lot of stuff about the making of star Wars and empire and Jedi. And I just can, I watched that stuff as much as I watched the movies themselves. But how did you get those? I mean, is this recent or as a kid? No, this was in the eighties, like HBO and Showtime, like in between films would show these like 15, the things that you see on DVDs and Blu-rays today, They were showing as little like promotional featurettes. That's right. I do on the cable channels. That like, That's right. In between watching movies, there'd be a 15 minute documentary about how they did, you know, Jabba's Palace and the yeah. Rancor and Jedi. And I just sit there and like we'd record them to our, our yeah. beta machine or a VHS machine. And I'd watch those as much as I watched the films. I, I just loved the art you of it. Loved all. that world. Yeah, that's just, where you want to be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I'll tell you, the, the advent of DVD was a big part of me, like mm-hmm. giving up everything else I was doing and saying, you know what, I want to be a film director. It's all I've really ever wanted to be. Um, now that I can see all the behind the scenes on all these yeah. movies, that's how I learned most of what I do. <laughs> it makes my heart. You know, just come alive. Just, uh, I, I love behind the scenes stuff and I love, so that's, that's what I was dreaming about. And I would wake up literally like, why am I dreaming about being on movie sets? Why am I dreaming about putting on shows on stage? Mm -hmm. And I literally just wanted to have friends so that I can make, put on shows with. (laughs) <laughs> I know. And they would find out pretty soon. Like, I would be like, can you sing? Can you dance? Can you? 
I swear to God. Oh my gosh. Like I would study choreographies. Like I know the entire Vogue and Janet Jackson and Paula Abdul and that's in the eighties. And, um, is somebody stealing my car out there? Tell no, me I think you. Phoenix is arriving. <laughs> oh really? Oop. It's fine. She can sit here. And um, <laughs> so, so I just, uh, so I always knew, but my parents were musicians. So it's like, it didn't match, you know, it's like, I feel like, yeah, I was raised and I, and I'm, very musical, um, but I but I want to be in film, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, my mom always envisioned me being a singer, um, and I, you know, I sing. Yeah, I can. you have a great voice. I mean, speaking you know, voice. I enjoy singing. Yeah, and uh, but I, I never had the I never had the drive to like join a band and front a band or whatever. Like I could think about it and stuff. You come on in, Phoenix. You're good. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> um just you know, grab a piece of couch or whatever. Um but uh but acting was like the thing for me and I and I still I think because I knew like my mom would have preferred me be a singer, mm-hmm. I kind of avoided like acting and getting into that side of entertainment. Cause I felt like I'd be letting her down. Yeah. And my dad had nothing to do with the arts. Like he, you know, he was a writer kind of quietly and I didn't learn that till I was a bit older, you know, but I just figured he was a nuclear engineer and he had no interest in wow. anything artistic, you know? Nuclear? Um, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, so like dad would never want me to be an actor and mom I'd disappoint her if I'd go into the arts, but not as a singer, you know, so I just kind of quietly never acknowledged this desire to do film or, yeah. or theater, either one, mm-hmm. which was odd. Cause my dad like took, he got, he got us uh season tickets to the old globe just for him and me nice. to go watch plays together. And I never kind of put two and two together. The dad actually really encouraged me to be, yeah. you know, appreciative of the arts, if not yeah. a, a part of it until much later in life. And so I didn't even join a, a, my, the theater classes at my high school until my senior year, because I started dating a girl who was a, a lighting major. Oh, a girl to you know? And I was like, Oh, there. I want to, uh, you know, <laughs> fuck soccer. I'm going to go be a theater guy, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> so, you know, the, it was the best thing for me. She wasn't the best thing for me in the end. Thank God. But, uh, it's all in the past. But it's moving all in into the theater past. was great. <laughs> Well, you know, I tell everybody I would never go back and change anything, you know. Exactly. Like she was what I needed to pull me out of the direction I was in, yeah. and push me into the direction that I've gone. And I wouldn't change the direction I've been on at all. Exactly. You know? No, that's I mean, I feel there's that whole musical aspect of my life that I feel incredibly blessed to have because I can produce musically I have mm-hmm. and uh Right now, there's a song out there that um, my parents co-wrote with my sister, and I helped produce, and I did backup vocals in, and it's being judged by Lord and Nancy Wilson from Heart, and um, uh, Farrell, what's his name, from Jane's Addiction, Perry Farrell from Jane's Addiction, mm. and Tom Waits, and it's like... I love going through musical experiences. So, like, my ideal life, I would say, is that I would be... An actor, 
maybe even a director someday, but don't, don't, don't quote me on that. I respect it a lot more now. Oh, maybe. No, just kidding. And uh, I know some people, you know, are just suddenly directors and it's like, oh, really? And they're like, yeah, you can probably do it. Like, do you see? And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. It's like, I've always respected that so much, you know? And, um, but anyway, so there's a musical part of us and, um, of myself that will never be denied. I feel like I made, like, that's what I'm made of. Mm-hmm. But my imagination is made for film. Gotcha. You know what I yeah. mean? And it's just, I don't know how to explain it. It's always been so like, oh, are you going to? So anyway, I was um, I was telling you, I, I ended up in at American Academy of Dramatic Arts. And I graduated from there. Before then, I did a lot of theater in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, we did over 150 performances, sold out performances throughout Mexico touring. And it was like dream come true, you know, for me. It was just. I guess I never really realized that there was that kind of theater, like that much theater in Mexico. Like, huge, huge. Not something I've ever really imagined. Mm. And it's so much more. I'm imagining um, moving to Mexico sometime in the next year. Um, really <laughs> living down in Tijuana and, oh nice you know because I can still work up here and yeah know, it's so inexpensive I mean but uh but like I'm 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 fascinated right now about yeah. you know what that might mean mm-hmm. you know li- living down there I, I I spent some time in Ensenada um and I loved living? I loved well I I sailed down to Ensenada and our boat <gasps> broke and oh. we, uh, you know, we kind of limped into dock in the middle of the night and just kind of threw the lines on the, on the dock and there was wow. nobody to like check in with or anything. And we yeah. woke up in the morning and there were these two, two fishermen standing on the dock, kind of scratching their head, looking at our boat, like what's going on. And I'm like, Hola <laughs> in the middle of the night. No, this was, this was like six in the morning. Oh, in <laughs> like, the morning. Hola. And they're wow. like, you know, they start speaking to me in Spanish, and I'm, I'm like, I no habla, you know, like no hablo español. They go ah, and they kind of like wave me off on the dock and point me down to the office. Yeah, you know? so I go to the office and talk to the person, it's and they were they were lovely. They were so yeah. like kind and generous. They let and us they stay made on sure the dock. You were going to be okay. Yeah, we had you know because yeah. we we basically That's had no people. money. We had like you know we we were figuring we we're going to be on the boat for because yeah. we were sailing to Mazatlan. And, and we broke down, you know, just a day and a half out of San Diego. Like, and so we, we end up in, we need to get repairs and, and they let us stay on the dock for like next to nothing. And, uh, you know, treated us to a hot meal the first couple of days we were there. And it was, it was just a lovely, lovely experience. And I spent nine days in Ensenada Mm -hmm. living on the boats and like walking into town and just like meeting with people and, and uh eating at the fish market every day like i had like yep. fresh fish tacos for lunch and dinner every day and <laughs> you know, it's like i'm like this is kind of a dream like this would be this would be kind of cool if this was every day you know? yeah. so you know and the level of stress is different and you know yeah and then and then you mentioned before we started that you listened uh, uh to the episode with Jennifer Paredes. Oh yeah, and you guys and, filmed and we down were there. filming down there, and oh, like nice. you know, I spent two or three days down there on that film, and again, I was just kind of like, I really kind of just dig being down here. Yeah. Like I dig the vibe, and I dig the people, and you know, it's just a whole different level of you know stress. <laughs> it's minor. <laughs> yeah, 
I'm you know, t- and kind of like I'm like the older I get, the less I want the stress. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm tired of the rat race. And, Absolutely, and that's you know. why you know it's that's one of those things that I'm learning is vital for me to learn how mm-hmm. to you know. You know, even today, you know, with being a mom and like, oh my God, can they watch my kid? And how are you, how are you balancing that out being a mom and, I don't know. and acting? I don't and- know how, I don't have the answers <laughs> <laughs> um, with a lot of support with good people in my life. Yeah. You know, thank God for the good people in my life, like my husband and my mom. Oh my gosh. Um so if he's at work, it's my mom who I'm so grateful she doesn't have a day job, mm. you know, because if I have a shoot, it's like, mom, can you watch him from, you know, nine to nine or, <laughs> you know, nine to two. And yeah. And then the husband picks him up after he gets off work and it's just logistics. Like, you know, I have good people in my life. You got to, cause yeah. it's no joke trying to do this, being a mom. The, the irony though is. I feel so much more driven now that I'm a mom. Interesting. Yeah. Cause I did the LA thing and I did the, the, the driving to LA thing and I did the living in LA thing. And, and I always felt like something was missing. Hmm. I know it sounds sad and and I'm glad not every woman has to have, you know, a child to feel that, Mm -hmm. that completion. But I think I did. Cause we all have a different journey, you know? And, uh, and I, my kid is like, I'm just his biggest fan, <laughs> you know? And I, and I, he really makes me feel more excited for the future than anything mm. that's ever happened. Well, meeting my husband was like that too, though. You know, like it was like, wow, cause I was 30 and I was not married. <laughs> you know, Like I was like, I'm never getting married. Oh. <laughs> Here I'm crying on my 30th birthday party, you know, and if I could go back and tell her, you know, yay, it didn't work out with that other guy and you're you're in a much better place and, you know, and then I have, and then we got this kid out of it and, um, but it's not easy, you know, just, it's not, it's not like I make my life easier by being an actor. Mm, Yeah. But I, I actually did. had that conversation today with my ex boss. Um, I don't know if you know, but like I, I was the VP of a app company for like oh. three years, uh-huh. three years ago, just mm-hmm. like the years before I started this podcast. Mm-hmm. And I was miserable. I was making so much money, but I was miserable. I yeah. hated it. And you know, I told him today because we were, we were he's getting ready to move, and he just wanted to catch up. And I, and I was like, he's like, so how are things? And I'm like. Life would be a lot easier if I didn't feel such a need to be an artist. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So we definitely don't do it. Um, somebody the other day I was at a dinner and somebody was like, wow, so how's that acting thing going for you? You know, they always ask, they say it like that. That like, way, yeah. That, thing, you know, <laughs> that very specific that way thing? that and makes it sound like it's some illegitimate thing that yeah, you're doing. Yeah, and it's like a hobby, of course, because I just probably <laughs> want to be an actor for like, I don't know, attention or, you know what I mean? They like assume People that, that are not artists, I think, assume or may assume some of them that that maybe you got bored as a housewife. <laughs> you know, it's like, obviously, this lady doesn't know that, you know, that my past or anything, but 
and I, I'm sure she doesn't mean uh, anything bad out of it, but she was just like, wow, but it's so competitive. Like there's so many, you know, younger, prettier girls. And, and I was just like, yeah, but I, and I told her, I think all fields are competitive, you know? Yeah. And if I, there's always someone coming up behind you with a, a degree that's, you know, more current than yours. Exactly. And they're willing to work for, you know, 20% less than you are. There and, you go. Cause they're new and they don't have yeah. a kid yet or yeah. a house or a mortgage exactly. or a car. To yeah. It's not, uh, so, it's not uncommon for there to be other people coming up behind you in any field, in <laughs> any field, you know? And it was just like, um, I was like, yeah, I mean, if I think that if I ever envisioned myself going into an audition room where I'm waiting in the, you know, at the lobby with uh, Kate Blanchett and Kate Winslet and, <laughs> you know, Amy Adams, <laughs> you know, and people who don't even audition anymore, probably, you know, <laughs> like Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, I may feel pretty damn, uh, like it's very competitive, but, you know, even so, as an actor, you just got to focus on what you have to offer. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not any of those people, so I have something else to offer from those, you know, that is not, uh, that is simply different from those people I just said. <laughs> named. <laughs> so I try not to, um, I try to just, you know, focus on that, but I haven't been in the LA game for a really long time, and I chose it that way. And I'm just so happy that there is a community in San Diego mm -hmm. because I really didn't think there was or, you know, I, I always thought I had to drive over there. And um, I took three years when my son was born, I, I took three years off. And every time he had a birthday, I would have a conversation with my mom, who's an artist, who is also a, a mom. And she, like I said, she made a living off being a singer and having a wedding band and they bought houses with that and like they did very very well mm. put us through private schools paid for my expensive education even though i had a grant like pasadena rent you know i had to pay right. for pasadena right. rent in the car and so they did really well and i really i know she has a lot to teach me and a lot you know i just admire her so much um so every year that my son would turn a birthday after the party, after the, the presents and everything, I would talk to her and I was like, mom, I think I'm ready to go back to acting. And she's like, no, mija, not yet. <laughs> and I was like, well, but my agent, my commercial agent, who still has me, by the way, she's the most patient agent in the world. Um, you know, cause she's a mom also. And, uh, and I was like, but my agent's going to drop me. It's already been over a year. And like, then he turned two and I'm like, oh, I still can't act. And then he turned three and she's like, okay, you know, I think we can, we can manage something. And, and don't think that she's controlling my life. I don't want this to come off like, trust me, I was a rebel <laughs> growing up. Trust me, I went against the grain and I, you know, oh, thank God. There was no internet back then. No, but I think you were, I think you were drawing on the wisdom that she acquired. Exactly. In her time raising you yeah. to, to help educate you on yeah. not jumping the gun and making sure you give all the time to your kid that your kid needs yeah. at those really important early years. Yep. And not just for your kid, but for you as well. Like exactly. those are years you never get back, right? I mm. am so glad I did that. Like there is nothing I would so regret 
being, you know, at this point right now and being like, wow, and I miss my kids, you know, first steps or I miss his, you know, all the stuff that, that, that time gave me. Now I, I, every mom is different and everybody is different and everybody has, you know, their different story. But I thought if this is my only child, I want to at least do this mm-hmm. at least these three years. And yeah. in the meantime, my sister can, Teresa did the same thing. Oh, good. Good. I mean, good. And I don't want to be judgmental about, you know, how other moms did it because everybody's in a different situation, you know, right. like some moms have to go to work and like my mom, you know, including. Mm-hmm. So, um, I felt really fortunate. She, she made me realize how fortunate I was to not have to get to work right away. Right. You know, that was like her, her thing. She's like, you're in a really, you know, in a position that a lot of moms wish they had and, um, you don't have to yet. And I, and I'm just going to say it right now. I was 210 pounds when, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow. When I had my kid and he was not 60 pounds. <laughs> so <laughs> thank God for you for that. <laughs> yeah. God, he was nine pounds almost and you know, huge kid. But, uh, but I'm glad I didn't like <laughs> go back to work at, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I'm glad that I took the time to take care of myself and to mm-hmm. recuperate the body because it's hormonal and it's liquid and it's water retention and some mix of, uh, of of things that you have to recover from being a mom. And it's like, um, you know, some of these celebrities just like look amazing in two weeks and I'm sorry, I don't know. Maybe they're just genetically gifted, but some of them yeah, get surgeries some of that too. right away. <laughs> yeah, and some of it too is like, you know, they're 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 on the hook for, you know, a million multi million yeah. dollar contract yeah. you know, within three months of having their child. Yeah. So they've got all the nutritionists in the world watching everything yep. they eat and they they have slapping know, their hands. Yeah, and they got trainers <laughs> who come Therapists. and work out with them every day. Oh and like, you know, they have all the things in the world yeah. to get them through that in the best possible way. Most of us don't have that. Like I mean Exactly. You know, like nobody is there to tell me to not eat the brownie and you know I'm guessing like, gosh, you know, Oprah could call somebody and say, I really want to eat the brownie. And they can say, no. Oh, why do you want to eat the brownie, Oprah? Tell me what happened in your childhood. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how is the brownie so important to you? Yeah. So it's like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm proud of myself. I'm not like, you know, like uh, this perfect body, but my God, have I come a long way. I mean, a lot. Well, and I think, way. quite frankly, you have a very unique look about you. Thank you. Um, I think you look fantastic on screen. Oh, thank and, you. And uh, and I don't think anybody else in town is focused on has your look. <laughs> no, I don't oh, think they have you. your look. You know, um, which is which is great. You know, um, I just hope to God I have a good role to put you in someday, and I can I put know, you in it. David. You know, thank you so much. <laughs> Um, I, you know, somebody like, you know, socially sometimes after a drink, which I never drink, but when I do, (laughs) um, I'm so lightweight, it's ridiculous. So after a drink, after one, I already have an accent and like, you know, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about having an accent and, uh, because I feel like, um, I had a great phonetics, uh, coach 
in that school I mentioned at American mm -hmm. Academy of Dramatic Arts. And I was one of those students that could actually do accents very well. Mm -hmm. And then uh, she had us do also like a, um, 1940s or 1950s uh, film star. We had to pick somebody and I did Catherine Hepburn. Nobody does Catherine Hepburn like I do. No, but she was so impressed and she was very impressed. She's like, you're from, you have a couple of Californian um, inflections, you know, your, the cadence and the, mm -hmm. the, the melodies that we have, but, and saying ing instead of ing, like going, going, mm -hmm. you know, just a couple of those things. But she's like, your English is amazing. And, you know, that you weren't raised here is, you know, so I just, I don't know. I'm, it is, it is, it is something I've noticed. Like yeah. when your Tijuana accent comes in <laughs> as opposed yeah. to your Californian accent. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes it's very much intentional and you're talking about Mexico and you see yeah, it Yeah, and in. it goes back like to in Espanol. I know sometimes <laughs> when we're hang, when we've been hanging out, like, uh, the combo birthday party for me and Randy and, oh, yeah. and whatnot last year. Did I have an accent? Uh, at, at a certain point in the <laughs> evening, you did, <laughs> you know. Um, but it was, it was fun. It was fun to see you letting it go and just letting loose. And, yeah. you know, that was such a fun night. To, to sound American, like, here I go. I'm going to sound like, you know, I'm going to try and sound like very American. Great. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> but, um, but I can. And I've done voiceover in, you know, bilingual voiceover. And so I know that I can. And, um, I just want to tell to the listeners out there that I can get rid of my accent. <laughs> no, that I can and, and that I'm proud of it and that um, that I'm proud of that. But I was going to get to something like I love Selma Hayek's accent. Mm -hmm. Like she's somebody that I love to listen to, you know, and I'm going to when she was on SNL, I was like, oh, my God, she's just so um <laughs> Why am I doing this? Um, but she said, we're leaving. We're leaving. You know, it was like a combination of living and mm -hmm. leaving. And she mixed those two words, but it, she meant like going. Yeah. Leaving. I, there's a movie <laughs> yeah. with her and Matthew Perry that I just adore. Did oh, you ever see Fools that Rush In. What's that? Fools Rush Fools In. Fools Rush In, yeah. yeah. Like oh the song. Oh my God. I just totally fell in love with yeah. her in that movie. And I just, I love, she just, I love the way she spirit. just embraces like, I love it. who she is. And I her love culture. her and I love Sofia Vergara. She knows she has a voice over there and like, <laughs> I love how you're doing this. And it's just, I love their accents and I love Carolina Miguel's accent and mm -hmm. I love the Brazilian uh, Belle's accent and like, I love accents. Yeah. I've always loved accents and I've always, and that's the musical part of me that, yeah, yeah. you know. Those are the ears that I got, and those are the. Um, we were actually talking about that yeah. with Carenza when she was in earlier, because um, she she can do accents pretty well too. And, oh, nice, but she has a musical background. Like she came up through musical oh. theater, and and she sings like classic. Oh wow! Music, you know, thirties, forties. Oh, Carenza! Yeah, Carenza! Oh my gosh! And, yes, I've and seen we were her talking real. about that She's too. Amazing. And I think, and I think, and I'm, I said to her, I think people with a musical background mm -hmm. have an easier time adopting accents, yeah. because you have the tool set yeah. to hear the musicality in yeah. 
in the accent Absolutely. and you can adapt it and, and, and replicate it in a way that somebody who doesn't have that musical background, hasn't trained their voice in yeah. achieving various styles of, yeah. of delivery has a harder time hearing it exactly. and adapting to it exactly. and, and then, and then doing it on their own. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's where like, I'm so grateful for, for the musical background and I'm grateful for the ears and the ability to, you know, to do, to recreate it vocally. The hardest accent and the one I can never probably ever, ever do, which is fine. Cause I don't think I'll ever get cast in is Irish. Mm. That whole aspiration and, you know, like they, cause like we studied phonetics and it was like my favorite class ever. Okay. I was like, Oh, a teacher's pet. Like I loved it. So, but Irish kicked my ass. Yeah. Like, I, it was finding it was a bit really of the Irish hard. is a little bit difficult for you. <laughs> that one's <It's> very <laughs> difficult. It, no. Yeah. See, I'm terrible. <laughs> like I can't, I just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I don't, you know, it's okay. I'll probably never be Irish in any oh, There'd be no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so glad. But like, you know, I'm not bad with British. I'm not bad with Russian and, you know, New York and all the, the American stuff is fascinating to me. Um, and by the way, Mexico, the country, has tons of dialects, yeah, yeah. tons of accents. So I have like a little bit of my Tijuana accent and I have a little bit of my mom's um, roots accent because we all talk like our moms. <laughs> Let's just accept it. <laughs> we all sound like our mothers. Um and I'm very grateful for that too. Um but yeah, I just um and speaking of musical people, um, no, never mind. I can't talk about it. But there's a project that I'm doing. Um, I'm in talks uh, with a producer who happens to also be musically inclined. And um, and so that's the project that I'm writing. And I'm rewriting and rewriting cool. and rewriting. Well, when you, when you get to where you're like... Yeah. Ready to talk about it? We'll have you come back on. Thank and you, we'll, David. We'll promote it, and, and you can tell us about the process. And, I know. Well, know. I would love to. If it works out with this person, I would love it to be you know that person and I together. Yeah, absolutely. You know, just let me know. Yeah. Uh, where can people see your stuff or or check out your demo reel or any of that? Is it, you have a um, website or any of that online? Yep. Um, actually I'm working on my website still, but, um, Facebook is fine okay. to contact me. I'm also on Instagram. Leticia is with a Z underscore Baker. Okay. So, um, please, uh, follow me or encourage me. Give me a like to encourage me. Cause it's not, you know, we're not artists because it's easy. Right. <laughs> That's my motto. <laughs> no, but, uh, but it's harder not to be though it's in the sense that like emotionally and spiritually it would be a lot harder to to not be an artist yeah yeah, yeah i agree thank, thank you, you for coming on yay thank you <laughs> hello there citizens i am the terror that flaps in the night I am the floaty that will not flush no matter how many times you try in the toilet bowl of crime. I am Darkwing Duck, telling you please, talk hard and enjoy the mindgasm. <laughs> Whatever the heck that means. After all, you are watching Intellectual Podcast with your ears. 